0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast, brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance. My name is Marcus Cassini, Product Marketing Manager at Voices. As part of this series, we're connecting with PMMs all over the world about various product marketing topics. This week's episode is brought to you by AppCues. Have you ever launched a new feature that went unused, waited days or even weeks to get that user data you requested? You're not alone. That's why product marketers around the world are calling AppCues their new favorite product marketing tool. AppCues empowers product marketers to measure and improve product adoption without a developer. Brands like Amplitude, Privy, Full Story, and Lyft use AppCuse to track feature usage and engage users with in-app onboarding tours, feature announcements, and surveys. No code required. Visit AppQues.com to start your free trial today. Today's guest is Derek Osgood, founder and CEO at Ignition. A former director-level product marketer at Rippling, BBVA, and various other Bay Area high-growth startups, Derek has now set his sights on launching his own company. This new venture, Ignition, looks to solve a problem a lot of product marketers face regularly, and that's having to coordinate, collaborate on, and execute a go-to-market plan across various platforms, tools, and stakeholders. With Ignition, product marketers can create bigger, more impactful go-to-market plans and communicate them internally with the first dedicated platform for go-to-market planning. In other words, Ignition is designed to be your mission control for go-to-market.
1: All right, with that out of the way, let's get into it.
0: Hey there, thanks so much for joining today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to excited to jam on this.
0: Likewise, yeah, I know you and I connected a while back about uh, Ignition, and you had some exciting things to show me in kind of a rough rough beta. And I'm excited to see that things have progressed
1: quite well. And
0: you're you're getting ready for full launch, from what I understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting close. Uh, we're starting to starting to roll early beta customers on probably in the next like week or so. So it's uh, good timing.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, incredibly great timing. So we'll get right into it, and I've got a couple questions for you as always, and we'll just dive right in. Cool. Sounds good. All right. So like I said, obviously, I know a little bit about you from previous conversations, but if you wouldn't mind, could you give our listeners um, a little bit more information about you, your product marketing journey, and kind of how it led you to where you are today at Ignition?
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah. So I mean, the the like TLDR on me is that I, I kind of started my career in entertainment, um, launching a bunch of big AAA games as a PM at PlayStation. Um And, you know, that role, like it looked a lot like product marketing. It was like titled product management, but really it was kind of closer to like traditional brand management from CPG, where it was like very marketing heavy, but did have like end to end P&L responsibility. Um, And I've basically been in and around, you know, venture backed startups pretty much ever since. So I ran marketing and product marketing for a bunch of early stage startups in like every possible vertical you can imagine from like messaging to payments to field service management, um, and then I did some corporate innovation stuff, running marketing across a whole portfolio of companies in BBVA's um, fintech innovation arm, launching and scaling companies that we would either incubated or acquired, um, which, again, had like a very product marketing heavy slant to it because we were trying to like get out of the gate, establish initial positioning and messaging and what the, what the story was for these and sell that both internally and externally. Um, And then, you know, most recently, I I was one of the first couple dozen folks at Rippling, you know, stood up the product marketing function there and helped them go from like zero to 20 million in ARR. Um, So I've kind of like straddled a bunch of stuff from like product marketing to growth to product management. Um, But interestingly, though, like a big part of why I kind of got into product marketing in the first place was the desire to long term, like be a CEO. Um, I actually felt like, you know, when I was even back in college, I was like product marketing is probably the best possible function to learn how to become a great strategist because like more so than pretty much any other role, it just sits at the center of everything. So you see how all of the moving parts within a company come together from product strategy to UX and design to growth and sales. Um, So, you know, product marketing was kind of like a gateway drug for me to like start my own company. And, you know, so, you know, to kind of give back to the role that like shaped who I am today, I kind of like decided to make my, uh, make my company one that serves product marketers.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I I think you're maybe the first guest I've had on the show, or at least even product marketer I've I've heard on any podcast describe it as a gateway drug to anything. So (laughs) kudos to that analogy. I like that a lot. And I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners who, you know, are product marketers and maybe, one day, aspiring entrepreneurs themselves are going to be happy to hear you say that product marketing, more so than many other functions, kind of was that next jumping-off point into, like you said, running your own business. Mm-hmm. Cool. So on that topic of, you know, obviously you've got a wealth of experience as a product marketer, and in that world of, of you know, executing all the different elements of a go-to-market plan and positioning and messaging, as you said earlier. So now that you yourself are a founder. What would you say are some of the differences between, you know, launching your product as a product marketing manager versus mm-hmm. a CEO and founder of your own business? What are what are some of those differences, or maybe even similarities, if you would mind?
1: Oh, man, I mean, they're they're like they're both just so messy, but just for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think like probably the biggest difference as a CEO has just been that it's like just such a cold start you know, you don't have all of the infrastructure and existing audience and communication channels in place that you do as a more mature company. So it's just like a lot trickier to actually do these big splashy launches. Um, but honestly, though, like I, I think, you know, a lot of early stage founders um, at the very outset of their company, they put like too much em- emphasis on having like a big, you know, quote unquote launch though. So I think like the much, much, much more important part of launching stuff as a CEO is like doing all of the hard Product marketing work—it's like figuring out positioning and messaging to and getting that to work, so that when you are talking and when you do launch, you have a really resonant story that's like speaking to the right audience. Um, you know, like at, at Ignition, for example, we aren't really doing a big launch until much further down the road. We're spending a lot of time right now, like nailing down the way that we talk to customers um, and acquiring them in like much more kind of one-on-one, hand-to-hand combat fashion. Um, but, you know, I, I think as a, as a PMM, like you have all these existing communication channels and you have like early customers to draw on as advocates. So like you would think that it would be really easy. Um, but the reality is like, you have so many more moving parts and like internal stakeholders to wrangle that it just actually becomes much, much harder. Um, so I actually think like launching as a CEO has been easier. Um, you know, when you're a PMM, like, you have to context switch between all these different frameworks and tools and like one minute you're thinking about crafting positioning and the next minute you're like relearning how to set up conjoint surveys for pricing research um and it's just really hard when you're like also juggling all the executional balls involved in like getting a product across the finish line um you know it's like even hard just getting the right info to the right people because like nobody wants to read your big 10 page launch document so you have to do all these like personalized status updates to re-explain for the hundredth time that like your positioning statements not copy. So actually like product marketing has been harder, I think, than, than like the early stage CEO launch.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. That's, that's the insight for our listeners. All you got to do is just be your own boss and everything becomes a lot easier apparently. (laughs) No, and and I appreciate you sharing that because there's, there's two things you said that I really want to touch on quick. And I loved your analogy around this idea of it being like a cold start as a CEO. And I'm sure much like cold starting an engine, you know there might be a few kickbacks, maybe a struggling to get up to speed, but once it gets going and humming, things are running smoothly. Things are a little bit warmer. You've got that kind of real high efficiency, smooth sounding engine, and I'm sure that's something that a lot of, you know, obviously CEOs and founders are familiar with, but just any product marketer who's looking to start up the own or their own product marketing function or that first time product marketing hire. And you know, we'll chat a little bit more about that in a couple of minutes here. Um, but the other the other thing that I thought you said that was really interesting. Is the flexibility that being a CEO and founder gives you around not necessarily making that huge immediate big splash right away. And I think you're right. I'm sure a lot of other, you know, founders and CEOs who are so super excited about their project finally getting out, they want to make this big bang and they want to get the rest of the market and their customers and their employees excited about it. But from the way you're explaining it, it sounds like maybe your colleagues might even appreciate the fact that's a little bit quieter to start because you don't have this crazy hectic rush to this artificially set deadline. You're Mm -hmm. giving yourself the time to breathe and to try things out and to learn and make a real conscious decision on when you're actually ready to go loud, as it were. So I, I, I'm sure a lot of other product marketers listening think like, oh, I wish I wish my boss took that approach.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's much it's much much more impactful if you just like know that you have built something that people actually want and you know that you're like talking about it in a way that people understand. So when you do actually go out and launch, you can actually like turn that whatever momentum you create there into actual customers. And I, I, I couldn't tell you how many founders I've talked to who like hit number one on product Hunt, And they're like, yeah, we got zero customers out of that. And it's because they either like just haven't built enough product yet, or the audience wasn't right, or they just didn't like figure out their story enough to, to actually like convert those people down funnel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing what just taking a breath and just like pausing will do for you and figuring all that stuff out before you, like you said, Getting number one on product time is great, but you kind of really only have one chance of doing that, and yeah. if you blow your chance, and you have nothing to show for it. Maybe you didn't make the right call. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, all right, so you know, like you were talking about, kind of standing up the PMM function. You know, as someone who obviously has a lot of experience doing that, where would you suggest that whole process even begin?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, you know the. So many like first time first product marketing hires and companies like they, they are so eager to like get into the work that they just like jump into like starting to do the work. Um, and I think the step that they all skip, um, which is really important, is actually just getting alignment on definitions like it's very important to first understand how other folks in the org actually perceive product marketing and its role and like level set on, you know, what their understanding of what we mean when we talk about like positioning or go to market is because like chances are, they, they think it means something different than you do. And, you know, they may have like never worked with a good product marketer or they may have worked with somebody who was like kind of had the title of product marketing, but like wasn't really like a product market. It was like a growth person who got like shoved into the role. And so their understanding is like very often, wildly different. So you have to you have to like get that out of their heads. And then you can start to say like, well, hey, actually, like, here's the way that I view product marketing's role in this. And the reason that it it looks like this is because it allows me to like do X Y Z for your team, and I think that that part's like super super important because you just need to like tie your definition of product marketing back to the value that it's going to create for your cross functional teammates. Because otherwise, you just come off as like this an- annoying house guest who's like trying to invite yourself into all of these like strategic decisions that those people already feel ownership over. Because um, like you kind of have to go slice by slice and just start carving out like these parts of the role gradually by proving the value you that you add for these teammates first.
0: Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And, you know, you, you mentioned two things there. And I think a lot of other product marketers have probably felt is this uh, experience of being the first hire or one of the first few hires into the function. And you hear people throw out terms like, you know, go to market, or they use terms like positioning and to your point, copy interchangeably, and not really understanding the differences. And, you know, as a product marketer, you hear that you cringe, like, oh, it's just, that's just not what those things mean but you know you have to give those people time and credit because if you haven't done the exercise of defining that for them or working through that process of defining you can't expect people who don't come from product marketing background to understand that and i think like you said you know in the same way that product marketers spend so much time positioning the company and the product and the solution you kind of need to start positioning product marketing first internally before you can should or should even consider doing those other positioning exercises.
1: Yeah. So many, so many marketers need to get better. at marketing, marketing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a word that, uh, you know, in practice we take for granted, right? Like we just kind of live and breathe that stuff. So you just, you just expect, well, everybody should get it. It's marketing, but it really is, you know, it's a, it's like an onion. There's lots of layers to it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. So, you know, for, for any of our listeners who are looking to start the function themselves, what should their initial hiring focus be, would you say?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think especially when you're like early, early on, and this relates to like what we were just talking about. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I look for in product marketers is product marketers who really understand that like the scope of their role is basically infinite and have kind of like the sharp and they have sharp enough elbows to be able to advocate for that cross-functionally. Because especially early on, you know, like we just said, the hardest part is actually getting your hands into all the different like parts of the pie that you need to have them in, in order to actually be effective at the job. And so, you know, I want people who like come in and they're like, well, you know, like product marketing's primary functions to own positioning, but you know, positioning is not just what we say. It's the sum of like many, many parts. And so in order to shape positioning, I need to go impact pricing and product roadmaps and messaging and like blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like, I think if they don't have that kind of holistic approach, you really run the risk of product marketing turning into just a really expensive copywriting team.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. It's something that I think, again, a lot of product marketers are familiar with, you know, the, the joke that I like to use or that I've heard used often is, you know, you, 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 get hired and you're ready to launch your first project or product rather or feature. And the immediate ask is, okay, well, what's a blog post going to look like? It's like, well, you didn't hire me to just write blog posts. You hired me to do a lot more than that. And you're right for those, for those people looking for those first hires, it's like, you know, how can you play those roles in those relationships to get yourselves in those conversations to, to not necessarily, you know, take over and own those decisions, but at least play an influencing role in part of them to help kind of expand your reach and grow your web of mm-hmm. influence.
1: Yeah. Like, I, you know, I I like to joke that like product marketing owns everything, but it also owns nothing. It's like, you basically are, you need to be involved in pretty much every decision, but the problem is you don't actually, you are, you aren't actually the end owner in any of them. So you have to kind of like wrestle out the, the, uh, the involvement from everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's an incredibly unique and challenging thing to navigate at times. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So in terms of The more general focus, what should product marketers, you know, rolling out the function, set their sights on in terms of, you know, like where do we start? What what do we focus on from day one sort of thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I think early on, like, obviously you still need to get the wins on the board in terms of copywriting. Like people are going to have like, infinite asks around like, you need to just create this piece of content, but really you need to find the space to like start with research. Uh, You know, I think like as a product marketer, your goal in like month one and two should really be to surface like one or two key insights that can be acted on quickly and create like real immediate business impact, um, and that gets like everybody in internally more excited about thinking about PMM as a more strategic function. Um, you know, like a great example of this was like I was a, I was at uh, this company called Flexi, which was a, a mobile keyboard app developer for iOS, and you know I realized like about a month in that we had like forty percent of our users coming from the UK, but they were retaining really poorly, and. So I jumped on the phone with a couple of them after like surfacing that in our analytics stack, and basically found out that it was because we didn't have a UK English option. So our auto correction wasn't like changing words like color to the OU spelling that like the UK uses. And you know, surfacing that one insight it involved about a 24 hour engineering change. It was super fast, super easy for us to implement and gave us like an overnight 50% boost in retention. And so, you know, like before that insight, you know, I'd been feeling all this pressure to, to keep getting bogged down in all the tactical execution and like just all the promotional channels that we needed to support. But after that one learning, like I suddenly had so much freedom and encouragement from the leadership team to really focus on higher level company strategy. And so you really need to like you know, it's different at every company, like where that insight is going to come from, but you need to like have some gut instinct about where it, what it's going to be, go out and like find some supporting evidence and then start to present that because that's where you start to get buy-in from everybody across the company.
0: Yeah. I love that example. And I, I think you hit on something that I think oftentimes product marketers, because we're tasked to do so much at the early stages, we forget. It's just like, if you see something in the data, or even if you just have a hunch of something, hop on the phone and talk to your customers. Or like yeah. go to the source, ask them the questions. And I think your example kind of illustrates the power of being exactly that. We, we so often just want let, to, let's let's start an email thread. Let's get in a meeting and let's figure this out internally. It's like, well, no, maybe we save everybody all this time and we just call out the customer and ask them. Like maybe it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. And you're right, sometimes coming to those insights are exactly that simple. If you just you know take the
1: right approach. Yeah, it's like you ask two questions and all of a sudden you have this like groundbreaking insight that totally changes changes the entire basis of the company's metrics. <laughs> yeah, you know
0: exactly. And then the alternative to that is you have, you know, 3 4-hour meetings about, you know, this one metric that doesn't seem to be performing and everybody across all these different departments has a different opinion as to why that might be the case. It's like, well, let's just let's just ask the customer. I'm sure they know yeah. better than we do. <laughs> cool. So, you know, we talked a lot already about starting up this PMM function from scratch and kind of what the focus focus should be, first hires. But, you know, in addition to having a wealth of experience in that area, like you talked about earlier, you, you have a lot of experience going to market. And that has kind of obviously then translated itself into what you're doing here at Ignition. But before we get into that, what would you say is the most important element of establishing uh, a go-to-market function? So beyond just the PMM function, if you, if you drill down more specifically, a go-to-market, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's just getting a repeatable process in place. Like everybody, you know, comes at launches kind of thinking that their, their, their launch is some like special snowflake. And so they end up reinventing the wheel every single time that it's time to bring something new to market, which just takes like so much time. And it basically just means that like you end up skipping launching stuff because you just don't have like the mental bandwidth to think through everything from scratch again, because when you have all this other stuff flying around and So if you put a structured process in place for like tiering the level of planning rigor and promotional support the different launches get, and then for like cascading all the procedural tasks involved, you can really focus on just executing. And also it ends up focusing your and the company's energy and effort on the like more kind of micro product level go to market launches that are really going to best support your kind of macro company level go to market strategy. And like, that's a really important problem um, that most companies get wrong is they treat every launch as equally important. And there's some that are really going to impact your like long term positioning in the market. Whereas some of them are just going to be they're like important to like four or five of your users that had some feature request. And so it's important differentiating those those two things.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And and that's, you know, full disclosure to our listeners. I, you know, like I said earlier, uh, Derek and I had a chance to chat prior to, you know, even talking about being, uh, having Derek on the show. And it was about ignition. And you can really see kind of Derek's experience come to life through the product because that problem that he just identified of, you know, having this repeatable process in place, Ignition uh, does exactly that, right? It helps you build those templates and those kind of tiered approaches to go to market, so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time and start from scratch with every single launch. And you know, Derek's obviously very close to to getting Ignition in the hands of of very very talented and excited uh, product marketers. But as someone who's kind of seen a very very early version of it, uh, I'm sure it's going to help solve a lot of those problems. And you know, I'm excited about it. And I'm sure others will be too. So. Um, yeah, if, if having that lack of a templated approach is a problem that you're facing, then just you know sit tight and ignition will be there soon, right?
1: Yeah, appreciate the plug.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, happy to. So, if we look back about, or sorry, if we look back about um, this go-to-market, what would you say is one of the most challenging part of a go-to-market for product marketing teams who are just starting out, or or, or maybe just like in the early days, but are tasked with bringing something to market very early on?
1: Yeah. So I think this kind of like ties into the last answer a little bit where, you know, it's it's really like balancing, you know, what the right fidelity of planning is. Like there's so much stuff flying around that it's hard to actually like do the work well in some of the more like labor intensive areas, like pricing research for a new product. And so it's easy to just say like, oh, we're going to skip that. And like, we'll come back and do the pricing research again later. But, you know, so teams end up just kind of like skipping these important steps um, just because it's like too hard and like because there's so many frameworks to keep in your head that like you have to like relearn how to do these things every time you do them because, you know, you're not doing pricing research every month. You're doing it, you know, maybe like once a quarter. And so you kind of just forget the process. And, you know, like I I still, you know, forget how to do conjoint from time to time. Um And I think this goes back to the idea of like just having a rapidly repeatable process in place. Like you need to have you need to find ways as much as possible, you know, whether that's through a tool or a process or, you know, like just having cross-functional support from other teams. You need to find ways to like offload some of the cognitive load and effort to still enable you to like get those important strategy steps done, even when you're on like a really fast planning cycle. And, you know, so like, you know, I'll I'll plug ignition once, (laughs) once more here. Um, You know, like we're trying to build those workflows for you so that you can actually like just breeze through stuff like structuring pricing studies. And then you can focus on instead, like spending the time on the analysis part of it and getting to the right answer. Um, So yeah, I think it's really just like finding ways to build a process and like set of frameworks that allow you to like think about some of these like hairier planning problems um without actually getting just like tripped up on them and spending you know turning a, uh what should be a three-week planning cycle into a a three month planning cycle.
0: Right. Yeah. No and, and you you hit the nail on the head when it comes to and you said this earlier, product marketers being tasked with so much all the time. You're right. You know, you, you might get asked to do pricing or take a do do um, um analysis for pricing and kind of take another critical look at it, but you're not doing that all the time. So when you have to then go back in and do it, like you said, you're, you're almost kind of starting from scratch. You have to go find the previous research or you have to go remember how you approached it last time and what worked and what didn't work. So, um, you know, for product marketing teams looking to, you know, start to go to market function in the early days, having those things and those days and those processes nailed down. And and like you said, repeatable quickly is just going to save them a a huge amount of time and, and cause a lot fewer headaches. I'm sure. Cool. So here's my last question on all things go to market. And it's, you know, we often talk about, you know, the customers being obviously one of, if not the most important consumer of the kind of executable end product of that go to market plan. Mm -hmm. But what would you say is another important audience of that plan? And how would would that specific audience, uh, or your approach to that audience rather need to change in terms of the overall communication style?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like your your internal teammates are probably actually a more important audience than your customers when it comes to, you know, a a launch and the message that you're trying to get across, like your, your customer success team effectively communicating a new product is going to be a hell of a lot more impactful than that like MailChimp announcement email that you send out that like half of your customers probably don't even read. And the ones that do, they're like, oh yeah, you're just like marketing at me. You know, when you're, when your customer success team really understands the product deeply, they can explain that thing one-on-one, give that customer a much more like clear sense of how it fits into their life. And so making sure that like those cross-functional teammates are enabled is so much more important than just like nailing the customer facing messaging. And, you know, I I think like the biggest challenge that teams have is that they just really underoptimize for making that internal communication like consumable. Um, you know, I think you really need to put a lot of like care into personalizing like status updates so that people understand them and so that they focus on the right information and don't get just like their eyes rolled back into the back of their head reading the whole launch plan doc. Because like, even though it's easier for you as a product marketer to just share the Google doc and say, like, here's the whole thing, you can find the information if you want. You know that that doesn't mean that you should, because like you wouldn't do that to a customer, right? Like you would you wouldn't send a customer like, "Hey, here's every piece of information about this product." You, you focus on the important parts so they can consume it and digest it really quickly. And you know, so like this is this is another thing I'm going to plug ignition on is like, among other things, we're trying to make it really easy to like super easily spit out personalized status updates to cross-functional teammates that just have like the parts of the plan that are really relevant to them. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's like you really need to spend extra time making sure that your internal teammates are not only going to receive the information that they need, but also that they can digest it and consume it and focus on it properly.
0: Yeah, I love that answer. And, and you know, I, this is one of those moments where I'm glad our, our the podcast here is an audio only podcast, because as, as Derek was giving his answer, I could actually... Physically feel and see myself start to sweat, because I've definitely been guilty of, well, let's just send the entire company to communications and launch plan and they'll read it when they have a chance. It's like, well, yeah, that might be the easier thing to do. But to Derek's point, if you're not, you know, personalizing and customizing that approach and that message and, and highlighting what's important for them, no one's going to read it. So one of those you know, reminders, I think, for me, and I'm sure for many others, is, is exactly that, right? Like you wouldn't just blast all your customers. With one generic message, um, if you knew you could cater it to different segments or personas, you you would be more critical about that, and you should do that with your own internal audience as well. So, um, a, a good reminder for myself and for our listeners as well, I'm sure.
1: I'm guilty of it too, so it's not just you.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that makes me feel a little better. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of us out there who are just as equally as guilty. Uh, well, this has been this has been great, Derek. You know, I, I really appreciate a lot of your insights and sharing with with you know me and our listeners your experiences about. Starting up uh, the product marketing function as well as, you know, being an expert in this area of go to market. Um, But before we wrap up, I'll ask you my last question. And it's, you know, one I ask all the guests on the show. and, And that is what advice or tips would you have for people looking to get into or build their career in product marketing?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I think one is like read a lot. You know, I think like go read positioning, go read obviously awesome, go read made to stick, um, you know, like craft your kind of storytelling and positioning skills above all else. Um, also, go join product marketing alliance. I think, you know, like all the content there is equally incredible. Um And I think also, like, it's really important to find a mentor. And when I when I say find a mentor, like, I think it's really easy to go out and like, look for another product marketer. But I think really, like early young product marketers should try and get as close to like a CMO who can teach you about, you know, the pure product marketing skill sets like positioning. But also about all the other like marketing sub-disciplines because they're so interrelated to what we do. And we have to really uh, have an understanding more so than like almost any other team about how all these things fit together. And, you know, like I attribute a lot of my... Um, success as a product marketer and like my learning to being able to work really closely with like an absurdly great, you know, CMO, Terrence Sweeney, like early in my career. And, you know, it gave me just such a more well-rounded fun- understanding of the function than I would have had if I had just like lived in product marketing land forever. Um, so yeah, like as much as you can, you know, find somebody that you can attach yourself to, whether they, they're in your company or outside of your company um, who can really like help you round out your uh, round out your skill um beyond just like the core traditional traditional product marketing stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. And, you know, I've even seen just in the PMA Slack community, a lot of non-product marketers join because they are looking to connect with product marketers to understand the discipline more. And there are people who are coming from a broader background across the marketing function. So yeah, if, if you're looking for a mentor that's not necessarily product marketing focused, join the PMA Slack community, you know, send some feelers out. I'm sure you'll get some responses. And you know, just kind of to demonstrate the power of, of the community itself, you know, that's how Derek and I met. Derek sent a message out to the community looking for some feedback on Ignition, and you know, his pitch seemed pretty interesting. So I, I took him up on the offer, and I not only was I really impressed with with Ignition as a solution to a lot of problems product workers face around go to market, but just having that immediate connection with Derek ended up, you know, me ultimately asking him to be a, a guest on the show, which he, which he thankfully for me accepted, and, and that's kind of where we are today. So. If you're not actively in that community, I, I strongly encourage you to be, and, and even if it's just to send the occasional message to people, uh, take advantage of what you can because it is really powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there's so many things to like, that you need to learn as a product marketer, like lean on other product marketers, like everybody's got the same problems. And yeah, I think Product Marketing Alliance is such a such an incredibly useful community for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to, for chatting with me, Derek. You know, Every time we chat, even though it's only been a handful of times, I really enjoy you know just getting to hear you talk a little bit more about what you're doing with Ignition and kind of just more about your background. Because I think you've got such a wealth of experience in, in not just in starting a product marketing and go to market, but on all things product marketing and kind of launching your own business. So if anybody wants to reach out to you to learn more about your background, your experiences, maybe tap you as a mentor, or even just learn more about Ignition, where can they go? How can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, love, love jamming with you too today. This was uh this was great. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we'd love to hear from everybody out there. Uh, my email is, uh, Derek, D-E-R-E-K at, uh, haveignition.com. Um, my Twitter's at osbad03 and you can also sign up for, uh, for beta access, um, at Ignition. We're starting to roll early folks on at, um, haveignition.com. Right on. Awesome. Yeah.
0: If you haven't already, go check it out. And, uh, we, uh, again, uh, thank you so much, Derek, for your time today. I know I enjoyed it. I'm sure our
1: listeners did as well yeah likewise really really had a fun time (laughs) awesome
0: for everyone still tuned in thanks so much for listening and if you enjoyed the podcast please help us spread the word to other product marketers before we leave you to get on with your day if you want to get involved here are a few ways you can if you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day a specific topic or your role in general that's one option If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.